I'm Carol Cohn, and welcome to Purpose 360, the podcast that unlocks the power of purpose to ignite business and social impact. Love tying personal stories to my guests, and here's a wonderful one. When I was a child, we just loved Thanksgiving in my household. Yeah, we loved the turkey, you know, the trimmings and the family getting together. But the best part was all of us piling into the car, driving into New York City. And in my father's office that just fortunately happened to overlook the parade route for the Thanksgiving Macy's Parade my sister and I, we were mesmerized because we were some floors up and the floats would come right by our window and we would see the eyeballs of these incredible animals and the twinkling, you know, all their de- decorations. And then we would see the baton twirlers and the singers and such. We just loved Macy's contribution to that amazing event. Well, today we're going to talk about another Macy's significant contribution to our culture and society. Last March 2022, the company launched its revised and incredibly powerful social purpose initiative. They're calling it Mission Everyone. And the goal of Mission Everyone is to create a brighter future with bold representation for all. The company, when they launched it, made a significant commitment to direct $5 billion, $5 billion of their spend through 2025 to their people, their partners, their products, and their programs to create a more equitable and sustainable future. And truly, at the core of Mission Everyone is to build brand relevance for the next generation of Macy's workers, their consumers, their value chain, their communities, and society. So let's get started with this fabulous and insightful conversation. Joining me today is Bobby Amir Shahi and Sam DeShipio. And Bobby is Senior Vice President Corporate Communications at Macy's Inc. And Sam is Senior Director Social Impact at Macy's. So welcome to the show, Bobby and Sam. Thanks, Carol. Good to be here. Hi, Carol. Thank you. Oh, great. Great to have you both. What we'd like to do to start is just have both of you talk a little bit about your backgrounds. Let's start with you, Bobby. Well, thanks, Carol. And my goodness, career highlight to be on a podcast hosted by Carol Cohn. So thanks for having us again. It's a pleasure. And I'm a 100% through and through comms guy. I spent 14 years at Cox Communications in many roles. I think I did almost every comms role from financial comms to product PR to employee comms. Uh, I did a very short stint at Comedy Central in LA. I got to work Uh on South Park, which not a lot of people know that. Uh, But ultimately ended up in New York about 10, 12 years ago uh, at Time Warner Cable. And that's where I worked on a program that you helped build, Connect a Million Minds. Uh, And then Time Warner Cable went bye-bye. Uh, and I shifted to Univision, worked there for several years, which I loved. Um, and then finally got this, uh, got the phone call from Macy's about three years ago. And I'll tell you, one of the most appealing parts of the job offer was getting to work on what we today call social impact, uh, which is Sam's team. So I'll leave it there. And Sam, a little bit about your background. Sure. Thanks, Carol. So, um, 
I also started in marketing and communications for Avon in the UK. Um, so again, worked in so many different um, roles within that business, whether it was with the UK market, our European markets, our global markets. And I always love that how that experience has really helped inform everything I do now. You've got such a different view from working in a regional and global role. So that's super cool. So I moved to the States with Avon as well, working in the global team here. Um, and then moved to Macy's about six and a half years ago. And it was at a time that we were really building the comms function at Macy's. So I was tasked with go figure out what we're doing with social impact, or as it was then called giving and volunteering. And different parts of my team now reported into different parts of the business. So helped to kind of shape the team that it is today. So I definitely had the most fun job at Macy's, <laughs> Carol, you know, um, leading the social impact work. Just talk a little bit about the team, the construction of a team, how many people, because it sounds like the two of you have built it together. Well, I'd say the team today is primarily structured by three groups. And Sam leads the one that is called Social Impact. So um, those individuals do the things that she just mentioned, plus cause marketing. Then you've got our enterprise comms team, which has all of our internal communicators. And we're we're embedded in the business. We've got thousands of employees in warehouses, many more in stores, and of course, our corporate populations. And they also handle our corporate social media accounts and storytelling. And then you've got external communications. And this is a pretty diverse group that has not just corporate comms PR, uh, financial comms, but they also are responsible for the consumer PR communications for the Macy's brand itself. So it's a it's a sizable team. And I'd love to just for our listeners, just give them a bit of an update about Macy's because Macy's is everywhere. And also Macy's owns other brands. Can you just talk a little bit about the construction of Macy's and also how you're evolving to respond to the new retail environment? The company name is actually Macy's Inc., as you mentioned earlier. And the 800 pound gorilla is a company that's pretty well known, Macy's but also includes a rock star brand called Bloomingdale's, which last year celebrated its 150th anniversary and had its best sales performance year ever. And then there's another shiny brand that's smaller, but growing and ambitious, and that's called Blue Mercury. So we are definitely in the business of style and beauty across all three of those nameplates. I think for us, we entered the pandemic with the opportunity to actually accelerate some of the fundamental changes that were needed in the company. This is everything from the way we ship products around the world to the shelves where you buy from us, everything from how do we become smarter marketers so that we have a more personalized offer for you, Carol, versus everyone in New York City. And just being a lot more smarter about how we leverage our resources. That strategy really did do a lot to reset Macy's and bring us back to financial health and really reinvigorate our employee base to be so much more focused on customers in a way that we hadn't been as focused before. So that was exciting. Sam, I'd love you to talk about cause and your community engagement and philanthropy, which which was the precursor to Mission Everyone. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, we've had such a long history and legacy of corporate citizenship, right? Whether it's 
cause campaigns in stores with different partners, whether it's our corporate grants or whether it's our colleague giving and volunteer programs. You know, we've had really long running programs, Bag Hunger. Um, we had a volunteer program called Partners in Time for many years. And what was great about that was the local nature of it. But as we tried to report on our impact, it was really, we can talk about the big numbers. So we could say, we've raised this much this year. We've volunteered this many hours. Here's what we've done with this individual partner. But we couldn't say, here's what we've done from a mission perspective or a focus area perspective. Here's what we've done for fill in the blank. It was very much the big numbers and then the individual partners. So Mission Everyone really gave us an opportunity to give focus to that, to really transform it. Mission Everyone is to create a brighter future with bold representation for all. And as we looked at social impact, you can't create a brighter future without empowering the next generation of change makers, leaders, young people in general. So um, it gave us a great opportunity to, to give focus. Thank you. And we're going to really dive deep into Mission Everyone. How did you get there? A long process and a collaborative process. Right. So we had to get buy-in from Jeff. If you don't have buy-in from your chairman and CEO, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna be as successful. So we were in that time where we were able to think differently and think creatively and really brought partners together from across the business. So senior leaders representing marketing, sustainability. DEI, our friends from Bloomingdale's, it wasn't going to stick, right, if it wasn't authentic. So we took a lot of care, brought a lot of partners in. And then as we developed Mission Everyone, we needed it to be more than a really great statement, a poster, um, a, a, you know, a feeling, something that rallies people behind it. Because Macy's colleagues will rally behind something. But you have to give it intentions. So we backed it with a really bold commitment to direct $5 billion of the company's spend by 25. Wait, for our listeners, I just want to underscore this, Sam. Sure. $5 billion with a B. And, it, and wasn't it time-bound? Wasn't it by 2025? 2025, yeah. Wait, wait just yeah. hold on, because I really want you guys... You're, you're yeah. like, you're like, you're Let's just underline the B. Yeah. This <laughs> is huge. And this is a holistic... 360 degree approach. Because people always ask me, where is purpose going? It is going when it is embedded. So let's now unpack it because it is stunning. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, how do I follow that, Carol? You know, we've got a, we've now got to carry around a, a highlight and underline for the 5 billion every time to give it real intention. But you're right. You know, this was time bound. This was specific. It was embedded um, and really intentionally. So, people, partners, products, programs to create an equitable and sustainable future. You know, it has to go beyond that statement. It has to be embedded. It was designed to be a filter for decision making. It was designed to support a business transformation, to put a spotlight on what's authentic to Macy's and help us tell that authentic story of who we are and all to build relevancy and all to help us with, you know, growing our business in the future. Abby, you want to add on to that? Yeah, I do. Because I think for your listeners, you're right. Like 5 billion, like I could barely get, you know, a million added to my corporate giving budget, right? Like 
It's not that. It's the fact that companies of our size, especially a retailer, we already spend billions, billions to acquire products or to make product that we then put on a shelf in a warehouse that you buy through Macy's.com or we put it on a shelf in Bloomingdale stores and you get the gist. Now it's saying, we want you to shift that spend towards the people, programs, and products, as Sam talked about, that actually make a real difference in the lives of not just these entrepreneurs, but actually in the communities um, that they are in. And it really has a domino effect. And that's what we're trying to track and measure every single day. And you can see, just by talking about it, it touches every single department at Macy's Inc., it does. And that's why I called it stunning because you've embedded it into the business. And so let's get specific and talk about some of your programs and initiatives. So we looked at our supply chain partners. How are you going to support these very aggressive goals that we've put forward? And so companies like us will do what we call auditing, our own auditing to make sure we're doing uh, the right thing. I remember thinking with our head of supply chain, why are we doing the bare minimum or just thinking about it as an auditing? What if we did the opposite? What if we took some of our corporate giving budget here in the U.S., worked with U.S.-based organizations to then provide proactive programs that make it the kind of factory you want to work in? And many of the factories that produce these products and clothing and apparel that, um, that we sell, they're predominantly employ women. So having a financial literacy program, having other well-being programs that extend into the family makes this a much more meaningful program. We really found an opportunity to partner with our sustainability team to look at what are their commitments and how can we play a different role as a social impact team that's really using our corporate giving dollars to help us achieve those goals. So we partnered with her project to start off with. Her project has now transformed into RISE, Reimagining Industry to Support Equality. It's really collaborative. It's saying, okay, that training was delivered there six months ago. Now let's build a different training or let's go to the next factory. So it's really about at scale. How can we use our resources to help achieve this at scale? And I love the way you, you're both so animated about this. And I'm just curious, when your colleagues saw the scale and your commitment, what was the feedback? And, and also, how did you introduce it to them? You have to start exactly there with your colleagues before you bring this to the world, right? You have to get that buy-in. Um, so think about all the classic tactics and vehicles. But the best one we had was, again, going back to our chairman and CEO, to do a live webcast to all colleagues, to introduce it to explain as simplistically as we could, what does this mean and what does it mean for our jobs and, and what is the ambition behind it? Why, and why, what is it, why does it matter? So we did exactly that. And uh, not to get too tactical, but one of the great vehicles we used was just to create video that we could use internally and externally. But instead of having Bobby and Sam sit and explain what it is, we took colleagues from all aspects of the business, right? Stores, warehouse, human resources, merchandising, uh, some of them very senior leaders like Jeff, and then others that are just all across the company that are coll everyday colleagues that actually play a role in this strategy. And so that was a great way to get um, the message out, but then to reinforce it through what we call town halls at every functional meeting so that their leader, their functional leader is 
um, singing from the same hymn book, right? But I think to Bobby's, build on Bobby's point as well around, you know, when you launch something like this, it does mean some things aren't going to come with you into the future, right? And new opportunities and new things do emerge. But I think what folks got excited about is that this wasn't siloed. It wasn't about one team being able to contribute this and everybody rallying behind them. It's a unification. It's an alignment. You talk about framework. It is brilliant. You have taken this incredible step up in terms of the sophistication, the um, integration of MEO. So I want to get now very specific to a portion of, of MEO, Mission Everyone, which is how we work with you for, I think it was only three months, but it was a delight. And you had this amazing initiative called Believe during the holidays. And you also had an amazing partner. And you were going to have to pivot. And so I think there's huge lessons learned in terms of this entire challenge. So Bobby and Sam, talk about you had believe you were going to make the shift, what you had to do. Well, I talked earlier about how we were going to have to rethink all of our cause partners and corporate giving partnerships. And I think what... um I won't say it was, it made it easier, but it made it feel better, at least on our end, was that we, we were transparent with our partners from day one. Meaning when Jeff put down the directive to think about a social purpose strategy, we told our partners that we were embarking on this work and that it very likely would create a lens and a direction by which we choose these partnerships moving forward. And we had no preconceived notions. We really did have no preconceived notions in those early months of doing doing the work as we were doing listening tours, research in the marketplace, et cetera. And so when it became apparent to us that our youth empowerment focus at scale would be the the North Star, if you will, we realized there were a number of partners that didn't exactly fit into the strategy that we put forward. But having you know, you you yourself, Carol, just pointed it out. It was a long-term partnership and also one that was so embedded with the Believe program, which was a marketing uh, consumer-facing in all stores and website, et cetera. You know, so I think for us, it was important that anything that, and I remember this mantra to my team, anything that we take away has to be replaced by something just as good, if not better. And Carol, that's when we called you uh, because we knew the enormity of the challenge and we had to get it right the first time. You know, you covered it all and it's it's the right decision, um, but never an easy one. When you have something that's got such equity, it's got such affection for our customers and our colleagues. So it was really important to us that we were thoughtful and intentional with our partners that we weren't going to be moving forward with. So as it relates to Make-A-Wish, we landed the social purpose strategy probably right as we were entering our 2021 campaign. We knew we were going to launch in March of 22. That's a short time frame to take away a program like that from an organization like Macy's and an organization like Make-A-Wish. So we found a way to make it work to have one final campaign in 22. We found that 
that was really necessary to honor the partnership, to support the transition. And it wasn't without its challenges running two major campaigns, sunsetting one partner, introducing a brand new partner in exactly the same time frame. You know, we certainly supported other partners as well, you know, very much. How can we help you as well? You know, how can we can we speak to other organizations that are prospective funders? Here's a packet of you know, quotes and testimonials and our collective impact that you can take and share with anybody. You know, we were very intentional about how we supported our partners through the transition. So that was so sensitive and so well thought out, but you then needed a new partner. You needed a new partner to reflect with its great authenticity, Mission Everyone. And so that's when we worked together. And so you also had very specific criteria because the partner had to be big enough and they had to have measurement and on the ground capabilities to support because you are part of the community. And so in terms of, as we looked at potential partners, there were some of the obvious ones, but then there were some non-obvious ones. The great thing that we did together is we, once we narrowed it down to three, you know, they gave us proposals and, you know, and they walked you through it. And then you, You know, we were your guide, but you made the decision. So can you talk a little bit about that process, but then who you picked and how that's going? We came and we asked you and your team, what's a national partner? And unlike some of the other partners that we have gone after the past couple of years, we, we, on this one, we, we required strong brand recognition, right? Because it's embedded in how we show up as one Macy's for the holiday. We also said that it needed to have affiliates or arms and legs in all the major metros where we have uh, stores and do business. And that they have to have you know a proven track record of being able to do local market activation. We also have a capability to study reputational standing and making sure that they're trustworthy brands. Sam and I have an incredible responsibility as being part of the reputation managers of the Macy's brand uh, here in this country. Uh, and then finally, it had to be aligned with this new mission. We had to make sure that we inside the company could walk the talk with the partners that we brought in from the outside. So that mission to empower youth to create a brighter future through bold representation, um, through more choice, voice and ownership. Um, those words had to matter and come to life through a new partner. Absolutely. Carol's search for the unicorn, right? Um, <laughs> no, you were all wonderful partners through that journey. And as Bobby said, you know, this is a holiday campaign at Macy's. This is a seven week campaign. It's our busiest time of year. It had to be perfect. Um, it had to be an organization that our colleagues got excited about. And it had to be an organization that our customers got excited about and recognized and knew and trusted and, and all of those things. Big Brothers, Big Sisters of America were the obvious partner. You know, as we met with artists and team, it was just from day one, mission alignment. You know, you could feel the energy, the excitement. There was a mission alignment. There was a national brand recognition with the local agency activation. It checked every box and it's but there are more boxes that the partnership has been checking since we start you know since we kind of came together just 18 months ago but it's also as we started to socialize the new partner with our leadership as we got buy-in for for who we were going to move forward with what's amazing is the number of stories 
different leaders across the business saying, oh, my brother was a big or my sister or my nephews a little. There were so many personal stories and personal connections that it already felt like the organization was embedded within ours. We had certain markets in the country that had been partnering for many years. There's one thing I could add there, Carol. Sam referenced um, their leader, Artis Stevens. I'm sure you've met him and know him. It, it was not just him himself, but also some of his senior leaders, Alicia and others come to mind, who the way they talked about their incredibly ambitious goals, the journey that they've started under his leadership of where they want to get to. Again, I said how it aligns so perfectly with the mission everyone ethos, but I think there was something really exciting. There was something about they're not standing still, that there is there is a place where it's going to really change more lives for more young people who need it in our community and our society needs it. You can hear from my voice, right? Like there was something about what artists gave to us that made us feel like, oh my gosh, what can Macy's and Big Brothers, Big Sisters do together? And that I think is part of the magic, is part of what we want to try to unbox and, and bring out into the spirit of the holidays as well. So it's it's stuff that it's hard to put a, a name to it, but it really was an amazing alignment. For our listeners, when you're looking for a partner that is going to be part of business strategy, and societal strategy. You need to really, you had wonderful criteria that you talked about, Bobby and Sam, but then you need to really do your homework and find not just the organization's history and their services, but also who's their leadership. And I knew that if you know, we had to make a recommendation, but then every one of the, the re- recommended, we only got down to three, they had to show their stuff to you. We had to step back and let them shine. And um, my fingers crossed that artist would, and, and he he's done a brilliant job. I know, it feels like we're extended team members. Very quickly, we became, we became family. PSA for our friends at Big Brothers Big Sisters, I know they're really looking to recruit more bigs that can create this life-changing mental relationship with a little who is a young person and can be anywhere between six and 25 or young adulthood. Um, and I think the biggest growing or fastest growing segment for Big Brothers Big Sisters is that 18 plus. And I think they've traditionally focused more on younger kids that need a mentor in their life. But now it can be, you know, college age. And to your credit, you know, we we went so fast because you came to us. We started working, I think, in May and you were going to launch that holiday season. You know, we're this is airing right during your next holiday season. And with not a lot of lead time, your incredibly engaged colleagues and generous customers, you raised. $4.8 $4.8 million. Mm-hmm. And, and you 4.87. 8.7. Which I think I remember when you, you sent me a note and you were like, Oh my God, I, I have to tell you, this is so exciting. Uh, you know, c- kudos to you. But again, 
you're embedding this. It's not just a cause marketing roundup initiative. This is so much more about scale and engagement into your local communities. Is there a story that perhaps from one of your stores or your colleagues um, that you that really touched you regarding um, their relation, your relationship with Big Brothers Big Sisters? And oh my gosh, there are so many stories, but one that comes to mind, and I I wish I could remember the real specifics on this, but I do remember that when we asked our colleagues for stories, somebody that works in one of our stores, one of our store managers talked about building a relationship with their little. And she shared that, you know, they'd been partnered as the mentor, mentee, the big and the little for a number of years. And then ultimately she adopted her. Oh, and it was just this wonderful that's a like, great story goosebumps that's, that's a story that was super cool so that one certainly comes to mind but you know there's just so many carol you know and they're not all <laughs> as, as big as that but you know there are so many stories of just how our stores have got engaged and i think one of the wonderful things about big brothers big sisters is when we launched this their agencies their network of agencies across the country were ready to go so they built partnerships with our local stores there are so many that took advantage of that opportunity to start to build that relationship and build that connection that is powerful but since this is airing right during the next whole season. Can we tease our listeners with a little bit of what they're going to see or hear about with Big Brothers, Big Sisters and Macy's? I mean, we're going to bring back the roundup because, you know, obviously that helps us to raise the funds to to support the mission throughout the year. We always feature bigs and littles in our campaign creative. So we have Serenity and Patricia and Joe and Ocean this year. But a couple of super cool things. We're really excited about this. This year, we have 30 bigs and littles as part of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Oh, fantastic. The singing Christmas tree this year, we have 30 littles and bigs that are going to join 30 Macy's colleagues perform and sing during the entire route of the Macy's Parade. And Carol, you all know we had a parade integration as one of the blue sky integration activation moments. So not only does it provide that once in a lifetime opportunity for the kids who, for some, it's getting on a flight for a first time, but it provides really unique mentor opportunities. So, I mean, I could talk about a lot more. We have created a, a doodle collection that's a capsule collection with 50% of the proceeds going back to um Big Brothers, Big Sisters that were designed by littles across the country and a lot more. But that's that's definitely the most exciting. That's so exciting. I know that you have created KPIs for your senior executives. Again, focus them on delivering portions of uh, Mission Everyone. Bobby, can you just explain, you know, a little more specificity on what those KPIs are and why that's really important in closing the loop? The one year anniversary, we reported on our progress and we're at the $1.4 billion mark as of March of this year. So we're well on our way this year on uh, the second year. Some of the other aspects of Mission Everyone are about our, our ambition to have greater representation at the director title and above across the corporation. So how are we doing with that? Those are KPIs that are embedded in some of our performance evaluation of leaders in the company and on and on. There are lots of different KPIs, but those are ones that I think listeners can get their head around pretty easily. 
Um, so I think for us, I think it's, it's about being accountable to these bold commitments that we put out at the very beginning. Um, I, I just flash back because I know those, uh, those are your folks listening on, on here talk about what it's like to design a program. You know, there were some bare knuckle moments, dare I say, when we tried to on, on live calls via the transformation office to say, can we really reach 5 billion? I remember at one point we said, well, we can get to four point. We have, a, we see a road, uh, a roadmap to 4.3. Okay. Okay. What about if we do this? That could be 4.7. And I just remember like it was, you know, we see, we see, a, we have a pathway, but there's so much work that has to happen to get there. And so I think about the fact that it really is um, truly company-wide, colleague-wide um, initiative. Thank you for that. I love the bare knuckle moments. The other thing you do, and you're very clear about it, is collaboration. And before we close, can you talk about Spur Pathways? So Spur Pathways is one of the offshoots and, and programs within Mission Everyone that really uh, was championed and led by our uh, Adrian Mitchell, our chief financial officer, who is now also our COO, um, by our head of procurement, uh, our DEI team, working closely with us and others, to recognize that while there are many diverse-owned businesses out there that have fantastic products, ideas, ambition, it's actually, I dare say, hard to do business with a company the size of Macy's to scale with us. And not just Macy's, right? Any of the large national retailers. I'll tell you one thing that they need. They need capital. And it is hard to access capital for whatever reason. And so last year, we partnered with, partnered with Momentous Capital to identify ways in which we could leverage SBA loans. Because frankly, for us to see success in the program, it doesn't mean you just work exclusively with Macy's. You work with competitors and peers uh, of Macy's as well. So I think for us, uh, it's been a great first year and we're hoping to get, get more good stories out there in the future about what some of those companies have done. And that's what sophisticated companies do. That's what companies that are embedding purpose, they find their identity, they find their purpose, they're just spreading it across into the business, but they don't do it alone. How do both of you feel? You're now like 18 months into MEO. How does it make you feel as professionals, as in, as individuals as well? Honestly, it's a real moment of pride, right? That we created something and we helped to create something and bring the right folks to the table. That is making a lasting impression on the business. Our CEO, Jeff Gannett, definitely names this as something that he's really proud of in his career. But, you know, as much progress as we've made, there's always more to make. It's definitely a moment of pride as we look at what we've achieved, but also, you know, excitement as we look to the future and the opportunity that we have to continue to realize the full potential of Mission Everyone. This is some of the most meaningful work I've done in my 25 plus year career. I think for me, it's been watching how so many members of the overall department, we've adapted some of their roles to support the communication and the adoption of the program, both inside and outside of Macy's Inc. And seeing how it lights them up. I mean, quite frankly, that for me 
uh, as a leader of the organization has been one of the most gratifying parts of Mission Everyone is seeing how uh, this is uh, a part of everyone's career building opportunity and to really make a difference. So I think that that's a unique viewpoint that I have of how it's been perceived and rolled out. And I, I'm really excited about that. That is so wonderful. That That's why you've got to be in it. And then you and we've had the wonderful opportunity over my career to do that with some amazing companies. And that's why I wanted to have this great conversation with you. So in closing, is there anything else you want to add? What I would say is for those that are starting on this purpose journey, because I know when we've been at conferences together as well, Carol, that everybody's on a different place in their journey. The more buy-in you can get from the senior leadership in the organization and the more authentic and the, the more care you take to really unlock what's authentic to your organization. And then once you have that, take every step that you can to embed it and operationalize it in the business. Now, that's not saying we've done it absolutely perfectly. There's always room to grow and always room to improve. But I think those aspects have really helped us to get to where we are with the strategy today. It has to be, as we talked about, embraced by all of the other leaders in the company so that it doesn't feel like something is shifting dramatically when there's a different leader. Jeff is, of course, retiring in February uh, because our stakeholders can see that. The customer can see it. The colleague can see it. And our shareholders can see it. And that was another thing that I, I think in the back of my mind started to come to the foreground of my mind of like, whatever we build has to be a commitment that we get to the, the finish line in terms of the goals that we set out. Um, so I think that that for me has been an interesting um, lesson or at least uh, something that I'd want to leave with our listeners. I think that's a brilliant comment. And you both talked about embedding and you talked about authenticity and it's got to be real and it's got to be sustained. I make this comment, you know, you don't purpose is not something you turn on and off with a switch. I mean, the power of it is extraordinary. And I want to thank both of you for an amazing conversation. I knew this would be great. And I just want to wish you, um, you know, such great success this holiday season. So everybody go shop at Macy's, do your roundups, tell your friends. Perhaps you want to volunteer to be a, a big with big brothers and big sisters. I'm, I'm getting thumbs up from Sam. So congratulations. Um, I just love the conversation. I know it's going to be a big hit on Purpose 360, and I want to thank you for your time. Thanks, Carol. Thanks so much, Carol. This podcast was brought to you by some amazing people, and I'd love to thank them. Anne Hundertmark and Kristen Kenny at Carol Cohn on Purpose, Pete Wright and Andy Nelson, our crack production team at True Story FM, and you, our listener. Please rate and rank us because we really want to be as high as possible as one of the top business podcasts available so that we can continue exploring together the importance and the activation of authentic purpose. Thanks so much for listening.